0: Hi, I'm Linda Calabresi. I'm a GP and the medical editor of HealthEd. Welcome to our unique podcast series, now available direct to your device. The series features some of Australia's leading clinical experts talking on topics that are both practical and important to Australian GPs. Thank you for the introduction. This presentation is on the role of radiation therapy in the management of carachnocyte cancers. Uh, during this presentation we'll discuss keratinocyte cancers, their risk and incidence, skin field cancerization, treatment options, uh, discuss radiation therapy uh, in this area, and then go through some case studies, recent clinical data, and um, education opportunities for you. So keratinites... Uh, c- Caracinocyte carcinoma is a significant burden of disease in Australia with about a million cases treated annually at a cost of about 1.3 billion Australian dollars. About 70% of Australians will have at least one excision in their lifetime. And we know that the prior incidence of caracinocyte cancers and precancerous lesions increases future risk. Right, so now we'll look at incident and risk of carotinocyte cancers. We know there are about 1,500 cases of excisions uh, per 100,000 person years. But the the incidence rises with increased UV exposure. And so we know as we get closer to the uh, equator uh, that that there is a significant rise in skin cancer risk. We know in Australia Mm -hmm. that the highest rates are in the northern part of the country with um, highest rates in Queensland. And then you'll see from this slide, uh, which is drawn to scale, lower rates in New South Wales and, and then lower rates still in South Australia and Victoria. Another risk factor is advancing age. As people get older, their, their risk rises and particularly for SCCs, which are tightly linked to cumulative sun exposure rather than individual sunburn events. So you can sle- see on the bottom part of this slide that the uh, relative risk of SCC rises very significantly, um, really, from 50s upwards. A prior diagnosis of keratinocyte uh, carotid- carotid- cancer uh, gives you a higher risk of uh, developing further cancer. So we know that 95% of patients have a new cancer within three years if they've had three or more previous lesions. So now we'll look at skin field cancerisation. This is a spectrum of disease which starts with actinic change and progresses to areas of cancerisation uh, of increasing uh, extent from emerging to moderate and then to extensive field cancerisation. Extensive field cancerization represents large areas of actinic keratosis. What we know is that as the uh, skin field cancerization increases, the risk of future cancers rises significantly, as demonstrated in this slide. The treatment options uh, start off initially with the actinic change, obviously very topical treatments and cryotherapy. Um, but once we get to extensive field cancerization, is really where the challenges start and surgery, oral medications um, are included and we will talk a bit about the role of radiation therapy in this, uh, in this area. In terms of the, the treatment options, so we've got listed here data for, for topical therapies we, and, and we've got one-year control rates of... Between 40 and 75 percent, we know that most effective outcomes are are those uh, when the treatments are combined with curettage. But really, this does not reflect sort of uh, patterns of care uh, uh, in the real world. Okay, now to treatment options for keratinocyte cancer, radiation therapy is a long-established, effective technique for treating keratinocyte cancers. It has high local control rates of more than 90%, uh, which, uh, we, which compare very well with surgery. And surgery and radiation are, uh, are, are the most effective treatments uh, for invasive disease. In terms of how radiation therapy works, so just uh, briefly, uh, essentially the radiation uh, therapy causes damage to the DNA where you have double strand breaks The repair mechanism of cancer cells are poorer than for normal cells in general and it's this double-stranded break damage that leads to death of the cancer cells. And there's also uh, the the, uh, production of free radicals which induce uh, cell pathways. We know that the dose of radiation therapy that can be uh, delivered is limited by, really only by local toxicity. So radiation therapy for keratinocyte cancers uh, is effective and the guidelines support its use in the definitive or curative setting, in the adjuvant or post-operative uh, setting, and in the, in the palliative setting. So in the, in the curative setting, a radiation therapy can be effectively used where there's surgical contraindications, patients have refused surgery, Or where the surgery is likely to result in in, uh, poor functional or cosmetic uh, outcomes. Or where there's uh, extensive field change around the tumour. In the adjuvant setting, radiation therapy is used where there are large or deep tumours, uh, poorly differentiated cancers, where there's perineural invasion, particularly where it's beyond the advancing edge of the tumour or at the advancing edge. Uh, in nerves of uh, 0.1 millimetre or more, where there are positive margins, where there's been recurrence, where there's multifocal disease, where there's a higher risk lesion and the patient is uh, significantly immunosuppressed or where there's lymph node involvement or in-transit metastases. And in the palliative setting, it's really aimed at improving quality of life and this is often around... Uh, uh, improving uh, wounds so that uh, the nursing uh, requirements uh, are less, um, where there are symptoms that need to be alleviated, such as bleeding or pain, and this is uh, or where the patient is really very poor performance status and um, is not well enough or, um, to have curative treatment. Radiation therapy has advanced a lot over the last four decades but uh, I can really uh, speak to improvement over the last two decades where we've seen a dramatic improvement in both the software and hardware that we use uh, that allows us to both better target where we want to treat but also to provide treatment where the dose is far more conformal to the area that we want to treat and reducing the the dose to the surrounding normal healthy tissues. And um, on the screen now is a photograph of a linear accelerator, which is our standard treatment machine. It essentially has a, uh, a gantry, which is the sort of large part at the top of it, um, with a round head, which is where um, the X-rays come out of um, we have, there are three other arms to the linear accelerator and these are around uh, making sure the patient's in the correct um, uh, position for, for treatment. Um, the machine rotates round 360 degrees and, uh, so, and the beam is, uh, intensity is varied as, um, as the machine rotates. And this really is what volumetric arc or VMAT radiotherapy is, where the machine is rotating during delivery with variation in intensity um, of of the beam. This then allows us to treat areas curved surfaces, which previously were very difficult to treat. So uh, common curved surfaces are the scalp and the limbs, um, but also areas around the the nose and uh, and the inner aspect of of the eyes. What we've got on the screen now is, um, uh, on the left, we've got a, a CT scan of a brain, um, or of a head. Um, we've got an area and on the anterior scalp that's been contoured and an area on the posterior scalp, with dose given to those uh, areas and minimal dose to the brain. And the middle slide represents uh, Uh, is a a lower limb and again we can see that the dose can wrap very nicely around the skin and immediate subcutaneous tissues. We do, to achieve this, we do need to have some tissue equivalent material over the scalp um, or over the skin area that we're treating to ensure that there's full dose to the tumour. And 3D printing has allowed us to um, now have uh, tissue equivalent material that conforms um, individually to the patient without large air gaps between the skin and that uh, tissue-equivalent material. At Genesis Care, we treat all keratinocyte um, cancers with the, all the, the variety of techniques that are available. And so, um, we've got some examples here. We've got, so example one uh, is a lesion on the nose, uh, can be effectively treated with superficial radiotherapy. Um, Example two is a lesion on a flat surface, which can be treated well uh, with electrons. Um, Lesion three, there are multiple lesions, so this area needs sort of wide-field treatment. Um, On uh, number four is the scalp uh, lesion with uh, with area of uh, change around it, so needing to treat a large area of scalp. And uh, example five is a patient that um, is getting adjuvant radiation therapy to the to the neck, having had uh, a neck dissection and removal of um, involved lymph nodes, and um, on this slide we've got the outcomes of that. So now I'll pass on to Dr. Farshad Kazri, who's going to talk about uh, the some provide some data and
1: uh, discuss educational opportunities. Thank you, Dr. Fosner, for a nice overview of the role of radiotherapy for management of keratinocyte cancers. Um, What I would like to present is the data that has been published um, recently in regards to the national registry we have. It's called NDROAR, and it's a National Dermatology Radiation Oncology Registry. We've gathered data with partnership between dermatologists and radiation oncologists in regards to gathering all the clinical outcomes from patients prescribed VMAT, which is the treatment technique for wide field or extensive field cancerization, as um, mentioned. This potentially has a very promising um, outcome and will capture data to inform the design of future clinical trials with regards to optimization of treatment protocols or performing direct comparison to other therapies for skin cancers. NDROAR has been based on three main elements, efficacy, safety and cosmesis. The efficacy was to measure the clearance of actinic keratosis and keratinocyte cancers, plus durability of the response up to about five years' follow-up. The safety will record the toxicities based on CTCA, which is a grading score for acute and late toxicities of radiation treatments. And cosmesis will be based on um, the Lovett scale, which again grades the outcomes of radiotherapy with regards to to cosmesis. The design of the registry was to capture all the data from the patients who had VMAT treatments and the 12 months prospective registry has been recently published in Journal of Dermatological Treatment. The demographic of patients um, showed the majority of patients were males. Um, We had overall about 83 patients and 89 fields treated, and the median age of these patients was about 75 years old. 63 patients had extensive skin field cancerization only, and 26 patients had keratinocyte cancer on top of that. All of these patients had regular follow-ups in three, six, and 12 months. What the outcome and the results showed was The distribution of the skin cancers with extensive changes, the majority were on scalp, up to about 30%. After that was upper limb on arm and the lower limb on legs, about 22%. Um, And back and neck and hand were just roughly about 5% each. What you can see on the right side of this slide is the treatment outcomes, the response rates and the cosmetic outcome which generally has been really good. So on, um, for extensive skin uh, or extensive field cancerization only patients, the treatment success was 97%. And the cosmetic outcome, which a patient also reported as excellent or good, as well as the clinicians was about 98%. The recurrence as, um, in field recurrence or developing a new lesion was about 5 to 10%. On the other hand, on the right side, the patients who had active keratinocyte cancers and they had VMAT treatment with a boost to the keratinocyte cancer with the VMAT technique, the treatment success was about 88%. However, the active um, treatment for the keratinocyte cancer was more successful, so 96% of these patients didn't have any issues on the keratinocyte cancer. As um, you can see on the bottom of this slide, the recurrence rate was only about 4%. However, they developed some new lesions up to about 15% due to extensive field cancerization. What we gather is the favorable outcome of this technique for treatment of extensive field cancerization and that's been durable for these patients at 12 months time. What else we gathered was the toxicities for the patients. So the most common toxicity is skin dermatitis and this has been um, shown to be resolved by three months time at the follow-up At Genesis Care, we've got a dedicated team of nurses and doctors who review and manage the skin toxicities throughout the treatment and after after the treatment completion. And it has shown that uh, with that support, the rates of acute and late toxicities of this treatment technique is very low. As you can see on the left-hand side of the slide, the, the acute radiation dermatitis is quite common. Have the grade one and two um, show to be resolving at about three months time. The late toxicities, they're mostly alopecia and xerosis. The other late effects include erythema, pain, pruritus, local edema, oozing or crusting of the skin, but generally they're less than five to 10%. The rate of grade 3, which is a higher toxicity for these patients, was very low. So what I can summarize for our primary care practitioners, the um, role of skin cancer, treatment with radiotherapy um, is valid and shows durable outcome. As previously mentioned, there are some occasions that um, they should consider referring to a radiation oncologist. That would include severe skin field cancerization, um, also high-risk disease in the adjuvant setting, which includes positive margins, um, perineural invasion, especially with the thicker nerves of more than 0.1 millimeter, incompletely excised lesions or recurrent lesions, and failure of other therapies or recurrent disease. The other role of Um, Radiotherapy would be um, functional or cosmetic outcomes and in those areas such as the nose or ears or face, they would consider referring to a radiation oncologist for the treatment with x-ray treatments. The exciting news is that Genesis Care has developed a CPD education opportunity for the primary care practitioners and that's in regard to modern radiotherapy techniques for the treatment of keratinocyte carcinomas. This is an accredited CPD education program and general practitioners, whereas based on RACGP or ACRRM, they can gain up to about 40 CPD points by attending these education modules. And the Skin Cancer College uh, will also they will have hour-based learning. So overall, this education will go through incident and risk, disease types and treatments, radiation technology and guidelines, treatment planning and case studies, skin reactions and patient care, and also considerations and referrals. You can register or find out more on our website and enroll into these modules. What I will go through is the program outline. It consists of three self-directed learnings, which is about four four and a half hours of online learning. The module one is about keratinocyte cancer, the incident risk and treatment. Module two is about radiation therapy techniques and some case studies. Module three goes through skin reactions considerations and referral. However, Module 4 is a live and interactive webinar. This is led by one of the radiation oncologists and they will go through um, facilitation of discussion of case studies for a small groups of primary care practitioners and they will go through real-world case studies for these small groups of um, primary care practitioners. I would like to thank you and I hope this has been useful for you.
0: Thank you for joining us. We hope you are enjoying this series and will recommend it to your friends and colleagues. I'm Linda Calabresi and on behalf of the team here at HealthEd, I look forward to joining you soon for our next podcast. If you enjoyed this audio segment, you can find out more about our free webcast lectures, which can be accessed from any device on our website at healthed.com.au.
1: The podcasts published on this page are for medical professionals only. The content is not a substitute for medical advice. If you have a health issue, you should seek the advice of a suitable qualified health professional.